Welcome, welcome, one and all to Empire Rates Back, the podcast. We're back at it. I'm John Franklin with my co-site expert, Sean Dyer. And Sean, biggest thing in the news recently has been the Yankees making a splash in the trade market and getting rid of, that's not the big part of the trade, but I still, I just despise him. Getting rid of Tyler Clippard, thank God, good riddance. I said last week if he wasn't gone by this time, I would be livid and he would have been my uh, go-away player of the week, but thank God he's gone. But Yankees making a big uh, trade in the market, and you've been the trade guy, so why don't you uh, give us a little inside information on it. Yeah, so Brian Cashman uh, not waiting to the deadline to make his move 13 days prior to the July 31st deadline. He makes a big splash. Gets David Robertson, Todd Frazier, and Tommy Canley from the White Sox. Two relievers and a third baseman slash first baseman. Uh, I think it's a big pickup. Robertson, every, Yankee fans know him. He was in our bullpen for seven years. Was a setup man for Mariano Rivera. Then was the closer for one year before leaving him for agency. Uh, he's a great great pitcher, great guy. Um, he's had a great year for the Sox. 13 of 14 on save opportunities over there in Chicago. Obviously, uh, not a lot of opportunities in Chicago to, to save out, close out games, but there should be plenty in New York, we hope. Uh, he'll probably slide in in the eighth inning before Chapman, after Batances. Uh, Canley's strikeout machine, 60 Ks and 36 innings with the White Sox. Came in and pitched uh, his major league de- or his Yankee debut uh, the other day. One, two, three innings, struck out two. So he looks good so far. Obviously, small sample size with us, but he strikes out a lot of guys out. Uh, like you said, Clippard, he goes to Chicago in the deal. So you lose your weakest link in the bullpen, and you add two, two pretty strong pieces. So the bullpen for the Yanks looks great. And then in terms of offensively with Todd Frazier, uh, he's wasn't having his best year with Chicago, hitting around 200, but does have 16 home runs. Uh, he'll Girardi said he'll play third base every day, sliding Headley over to first. He's going to get a crash course to try and learn that defensively. He's played there sparingly, so he has a little bit to, to work with, but he'll platoon over there with Garrett Cooper. But essentially what Frazier does is he, as you slide Headley over across the diamond, Frazier's basically replacing your first baseman, and we've said time and time again, anything would be an improvement over what the Yankees have gotten at first between the injured Greg Bird, Chris Carter, the injured Tyler Austin, G-Man Choi, as much as we loved him. He's been DFA'd since. Uh, but so you add a, a pretty big bat to your offense. Hopefully Yankee Stadium, Frazier can hit more home runs than he was even hitting in uh, U.S. Cellular. Um, but I like the deal. Uh uh, let's see what you think. What yeah, you think? I mean, my overall the- my overall feelings are just that I love Robertson coming back. He has great stuff. His curveball is unbelievable, as we all know. It's one of his better pitches. Yeah. He's good secondary stuff to his primary stuff. I don't know much about Tommy Conley, but from what you've told me and from what I understand, a great strikeout pitcher will be a great middle inning guy to come in. The, the best part of this deal to me is adding good bullpen pieces to where our starting pitching, which has been the weakest part of this team only really has to go four to five innings and hand it over to a bullpen that can go one inning a piece. What with now Adam Warren, Chad Green, uh, you got Conley, Robertson, Batances, Chapman, the six guys. If they go in it, theoretically, if each of those guys can go an inning in relief, you only need your starter to go three innings. I mean, ideally they'll go more, right? but it's just that knowledge of knowing your bullpen has the potential to be that good to me is the bright spot of this deal. And honestly, I'm a big homer. So I like the fact that Frazier comes back, comes to Yankee stadium. You know, he 
has always wanted to be a Yankee. Grew up in New Jersey. Tom's, Tom's River, River, yeah. Tom's River to the Bronx. Which is just, you know, it's it's oh, ideal. Great story. I mean, you know, you see the pictures of when Him he won the Little World Series, yeah, next to Jeter. So it's now he's in pinstripes. So yeah, and what I think what makes Brian Cashman so good at what he does is he went out there. He looked for a starter. We were in talks with for Jose Quintana. So we obviously he'd been talking with Chicago about other players for a while. He's out there monitoring the starting pitching market. Starting pitching nowadays is really expensive in terms of trading for one, in terms of prospects. So he went out there, didn't like the price tag on the starters, so does an expects thing and shortens the game and puts less pressure on the starters that he has. Like you said, you have Chapman, Batances, Robertson in 7-8-9. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, you could argue that it's pretty similar, maybe even better than Miller, Batances, Chapman. Miller was awesome, but Robertson's been great this year. If you get Batances and Chapman back on track, if they hit form, it's it's, it's an it, you're playing six inning yeah, games yeah. there, and then like you said, if you if your starter gets in trouble in the fourth, the fifth inning, you have Tommy Canley, Adam Warren, Chad Green to come in and put out the fire. And if you watch uh, Andrew Miller when we sent him to Cleveland in the playoffs in the World Series last year, that's what Terry Francona did. Is when his starter got in trouble, no matter when it was, Miller would come in, put out the fire in that inning, go another inning or so. And then he went to his these other back end guys. So the Yankees have three guys that can come in and put out these fires, which is great because Girardi doesn't like to overuse his relievers. So right. if you have Green pitch two innings one day, that's Take fine. Day Next off. day it's Warren and it's Canley. Yep. If one if you pitch guys a couple days in a row, you have other options to stick in there. And then obviously the back end is great. So I think Cashman did a great job. You could argue that he improved starting pitching without actually getting a starting pitcher. Right. By, by taking some of the load off those guys. I agree. And, you know, just looking at the team as a whole right now, um, losing two games to the Sox was tough. I mean, they should have won They should have won three. They should have only lost one game. They did not deserve to win the last game of that series. They played well, but just a better performance by the Sox, in my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, the, the series with the Twins was tough to watch. Especially the last game, you, they were playing good baseball in the first two games. Then it wasn't even close in Game Three. Um, it, it's the the team is in need of something. Maybe this is a spark that it needs. Um, Judge obviously hitting a bit of a slump in this season. And yeah, struggling. He's the, his first bump on the road. Look, uh, it happens to everyone, and you can't expect him to be perfect all the time. But you also can't be too upset. I understand what it's, it's like. He's not batting out like out of the stadium anymore like he was. You know, like yeah. he's not he's not just be, putting up astronomical numbers. But also, you guys have to realize that even though he hasn't hit a home run in the second half, he did hit a moonshot <laughs> that just got brought back into the yard. Jackie Bradley by Jackie Bradley just Literally climbing just the fence. Put his wings on and flew. It was and crazy. Robbed that. And yes, yeah, so like you mentioned, the one game we didn't deserve to win was that game where Judge would have brought him within one. one. It would have been three two, and it's yeah. a whole other ball game. Yeah. Um, so that's the thing. You look at his numbers and it's like, oh, he's struggling. And yes, everybody's going everybody's gonna to go through their struggles, especially a rookie. Let's not forget he's a rookie. Yeah. And we knew this was coming as much as we didn't want to believe it. And as superhuman as he looks and as he was performing, he he's is human. Still, he's still a he's baseball a hu- player. It's, yeah, baseball players go through their ups and downs. That's that's why no, nobody bats 1,000, nobody bats 500. Everybody, it goes up and down, and by the end of the year, you're about where you, where you were throughout the whole year. So I think, yeah, he's going to go through his slump right now. That's and that's why it's better he does it now when you have now Holiday and Castro back and now Frazier in the lineup because yeah. if, if this slump happened when, when Holiday and to... and Castro and Hicks and all those guys were injured 
the offense would have been just completely disappeared. So you need guys like Gary Sanchez to step up and uh, and fill the void there. Hopefully Todd Frazier can help too. And at some point, he's going to get back on track. If Jackie Bradley doesn't rob that home run, that could be this discussion. Turnaround. This discussion may not even be a thing. As and I guess if you add one hit to his average and one home run to his total, still not having a great second start of the second half. But it just if you had that one home run, it's like okay, yeah, he's there. And the result wasn't there, but the swing was, and he crushed that ball. So I think he is you, the, the one part of the park where yeah, and he, Jackie Bradley could get to that ball exactly. So I think. He'll, he, there's signs that he's not just completely lost. He's, he's struggling, and it happens, and he'll get back on track, as hopefully the whole Yankee team will right? with uh, with these additions, and, and hopefully they stay healthy. And talking about additions, the Yankees have been in talks with uh, the Mets, talking about possibly bringing in Lucas Duda or you know, Addison Reed. Uh, I don't know. I Personally, I don't think Duda is a necessity. I wouldn't mind a first baseman. Don't get me wrong, I would not mind a true first baseman, but Cooper has shown he's got a major league swing, I think. I mean, it's, it hasn't been a lot of time, but if you put Headley there and Cooper isn't playing every day, switch hitter in the lineup, I, I, th- I don't think there's a huge need to even sh- to shake things up even more by adding Duda to the lineup. I, I don't think it would be that big of a necessity. I don't even think Reed is that much of a necessity either. Well, right, I mean, Brian Cashman has said that he's still monitoring the trade market after this White Sox trade. But if you look at the holes, I think the real hole is the starting pitcher. First base, like yep. you said. Dude, I would love Duda. I think Duda would be, that left-handed swing would play great in Yankee Stadium. But he's also a, a rental. Runs. But he's a rental, but I think that's what the Yankees would need with Greg Bird hopefully coming back. But the Mets, good for the Mets to be shopping these guys and be in talks with the Yankees to get rid of these guys. And they hopefully are, will continue talking with other teams because they need to get rid of these guys. They're Duda and Reed, both rentals, so you got to get rid of them as while you can. Uh, but definitely that White Sox trade with the Yanks, that hurt the Mets because that took one team away. It also hurt the Athletics because the Yankees were in talks for Yonder Alonso. It, the White Sox trade, basic, for, most, for the most part, took a trade partner away from the A's and the Mets for their first baseman because I think I think they're gonna, the Yankees are just going to stick with Frazier at third and hope between Headley and Cooper they figure it out at first. Because um, even if you're free, cause first base, if Headley keeps hitting like he's hitting, you had it where first base was a big weak spot and third base wasn't great. Now, if you have first base isn't great, but third base can hit with Frazier, you'll be okay. Uh, Reed definitely not going to be a Yankee with the way the bullpen looks yeah, like. Yeah, absolutely not. But these guys, the Mets should be shopping them. They should be shopping Granderson. Uh, as Drupal Cabrera, uh, there's been rumors that they've been talks uh, with the Red Sox about sending him over there. Uh, and they could use a third baseman. If, and Cabrera just said he will play third base. He's uh, shortstop for the most part, but will play third. So yeah, you got to trade these guys, especially especially Lucas Duda. He's a free agent and he's a good player. This is the only time you could get anything for Duda because abs- he's going to walk next year. Yeah, he's, he's going to walk. Get nothing. And, he, and as good as he's been, there's no need to re-sign him because you have one of your top, pro- your number two prospect, Dominic Smith, the number one first base prospect in all of baseball according to MLB.com, and he's ready. Uh, he's number. He's hitting around three thirty in AAA. He only has twelve home runs, but uh, scouts believe he's going to hit. He's probably 20 home runs a season in the major leagues. Kid's a stud, and everybody's talking about Rosario, as, and I think Rosario deserves a call-up as well. But uh, not a lot of talk about Dominic Smith, and he has, I think, no one really knows what we're, what the Mets are waiting for with Rosario and why he isn't up and playing shortstop for them. Right. Uh, I think the, it's pretty obvious why, what the Mets are waiting for with Dominic Smith. They're waiting for Lucas Duda to be traded. I think as soon as Duda is traded, in the next 10 days between now and the deadline, 
once Duda's shipped out, Smith will be up and it will play th- first base for the rest of the year and hopefully for mm-hmm. Mets fans for the next maybe 10 years because I think the kid is a stud. Um, there was We just wrote a piece uh, on the website on Empire Rights Back about Dominic Smith and cause, because we also talked about Rosario on the site and how he's ready, but we talked about Smith's ready as well. Uh, I think those are the bright spots for the Mets in this second half is those two kids especially. Um, so... And, you know, first base has been a question mark all year for both the Mets. Well, not really the Mets as a question mark, but whether or not they're going to trade Duda. And a question mark for the Yankees is who's going to start. But when we come back, we're going to give you our top five New York first baseman of all time. You won't want to miss it. Empire Rights Back will be right back. And folks, we're back, and like I said, we're going to talk about our top five New York first baseman of all time. We figured it's a light week, not much going on, but you know, can't just sell a steak, you got to sell the sizzle. We got a little bit more going on here, so uh, we're going to go five to one, our top five New York first baseman of all time, Mets, Yankees, what have you, and uh, you know, I'm going to kick things off. My number five, I'm going to go Tino, Tino Martinez, uh, classic New York Yankee, uh, my favorite Tino memory, of course. We all remember it. The ball that was probably a strike, and then pitch later, Tino goes yard to uh, give the Yankees the uplift and win and win a game. I, th- I believe in the World Series. Uh, Tino was just a great player, uh, likable guy. Had the look, had the act. He just he knew how to do it, and uh, I give him I give him a lot of love in that sense. Number four, I initially had a Met, but I'm gonna pull a little bit of an audible. Uh, Sean, you didn't expect it, but people people forget that for a little while, uh, Jackie Robinson played first base okay. for the Brooklyn Dodgers, and that is a New York team. And I'm gonna yeah, give Jack absolutely. I'm gonna give Jackie a little bit of love. He's coming at number four, obviously, uh, credited for breaking the color barrier in baseball. One of the most influential athletes of all time. Number retired throughout MLB. N- number retired. They still dedicate a day to his uh, number every year. Uh, you gotta love the guy. Super talented, of course, but also just a great all-around presence and uh, just a his- great historical figure. Number three, Keith Hernandez. A uh, bit of a Seinfeld fan, but also got to show the Mets some love. Uh, Keith, just one of the purest baseball players you could watch. Great swing. A gold glover at first base. Just unbelievable. Uh, World Series champion. Really not much more to say about him, but... He wasn't going to beat out the top two. I think these are these should be everybody's top two, unless you're a Mets fan, I think, because Keith obviously has a special place in your heart. But top two for me, I'm going to go number two, Lou Gehrig, the Iron Horse. Of course, there's uh, not much to really say about Lou Gehrig. The name just speaks for itself. Uh, number four, number retired is Yankee. Uh, Hall of Famer, just the embodiment of a baseball player, of a stand-up guy, and just a great all-around player fielder and hitter as we know he was a great hitter uh batting with babe ruth who is arguably the best hitter of all time so gotta give lou gehrig some love and number one donnie baseball uh you know born i was born in the 90s don mattingly was a hero in the 90s for you yankee fans out there um the captain before jeter the mustache just the character of a yankee you knew you wanted to play with Don Mattingly every time he took the field as a fan and as a player you just wanted to be with him 
Uh, I actually just saw a video the other day. Don Mattingly managing for the Miami Marlins. A little girl her has a sign, and they're they're in batting practice, and it says, uh, "My middle name is Mattingly, after Don Mattingly." And she he calls her down with her family, takes a picture, signs the sign for. Her. Just you gotta love the guy. He's my number one. And Sean, why don't you take it away? Give us your top five. All right. So coming at number five on my list is Mark Teixeira. Uh Some of my 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 real number one memory from Yankees World Series teams. Obviously, growing up in the '90s, I was like two, three, four, five years old when those the the core four was winning championships. But 2009, uh, they brought Teixeira over, signed a huge contract, and he lived up to it in 2009, especially hit a ton of home runs uh, throughout his career as a Yankee. He uh, hit a ton. Of, always had the power. Power was always there. Uh, he was one of the he, uh, more than most players. The shift. In baseball, the infield shift destroyed his average as a career. Uh, he was a great hitter back with the Angels and the Rangers and the Braves. He hit for average. Came over to New York and team started p- putting the shifts on him. He would hit it into right field, but the second base would be sitting there. But the number one thing that everyone, I think most people know Teixeira for is his glove. Uh, unbelievable. unbelievable first baseman. Uh, gold glover many times. Uh, so he was. He comes at number five on my list. Uh, recently retired also. Uh, number four, you had him on your list, uh, Constantine Tino Martinez. Uh, he honestly, I love Jeter, but Tino was could be one of my favorite Yankees of all time. When Jeter was still playing and I looked back at the Yankees that were no longer playing, Tino was my favorite of all time. Yeah. Uh, now that Jeter's gone, I miss him, and now he may be taking over and my list as favorite Yankees. But I love Tino. You mentioned all the playoff success, World Series success. Uh, he was he was great in the, great in the clutch. Uh, so yeah, he comes in at number four. Number three, I'm also gonna go to the Mets. Carlos Delgado. Uh, he was great, great hitter for the Mets. He hit a lot of home runs as well. Uh, hit 30 plus home runs a couple different years. Uh, he was great for the those Mets teams. Number two, uh, Donnie Baseball. Like you mentioned, he was number one on your list. Great manager as well since uh, retiring from playing. He was the captain, like you mentioned. Uh, great, great player, great guy. And then number one. Lou Gehrig had to put Lou at number one. One of the greatest baseball players of all time, much less New York first baseman. You mentioned the number retired. Had the had the record for most consecutive games played before Cowrickin broke that. Uh, he just part of Murderer's Row with Babe Ruth, like you mentioned. Uh, it's tough to argue with. I mean, obviously you had him two and Manningly one, but I think those two are the top. Lou Gehrig, uh, one of the greatest baseball players of all time, much less just this list. So. He's going to definitely be on a lot of people's lists for a lot of different things. And we want to hear your list. Don't forget, you could comment uh, below and let us know what you think, 5-1. to one. If you think that any of us, if any of the guys in this list deserve to be on your list, if you think they didn't deserve to be on our list. Hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, let, let us know. Follow us on Twitter. Comment. Whatever. Subscribe. It doesn't matter. Just tell us. We love to hear your guys' opinion. And we're going to take a short little break. But when we come back, we're giving you our classic segments and one never-before-heard segment. You don't want to miss it. Empire Writes Back, folks. We will be right back. Stick it here. And we're back, folks. Once again, he's Sean Dyer. I'm John Franklin. And... We're going to bring it to you a little bit, uh, a new segment here that we call Hot Knot. I mean, pretty self-explanatory to me. Uh, Hot Knot, 
something or someone that's been doing something great over the past week and someone something that might be not doing something so great so we're gonna kick it off with the not segment i think first because everybody just likes to end on a positive in my opinion so uh sean you want to go uh with your with your not kick things off all right so my not for this week is gonna be the mets front office and it's it's a twofold not so hot for them one the kids are not up yet and two the, the veterans are still here Yes, they were in talks to trade Duda and Reed, but talks is not good enough. We need trades. We need these veterans out the door so there's room for these young kids to, to take over. Um, Duda, especially these rentals, Duda, Reed, uh, Cabrera's got one more year on his deal, but he should be gone. Jay Bruce, they should be able to get a pretty good uh, uh, return package for him. Uh, Granderson, you got to get rid of these guys so you can make way for the young kids because this season pretty much in the rear view in terms of play- the playoffs are gone uh so you it's 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 the sad truth it's over i mean the even if you got healthy and got hot you're too big a hole the nats are too far ahead and then you got the nl west just dominating the wild card so uh you got to get rid of the, the the veterans and then the kids we mentioned Ahmed rosario and dominic smith if they're they gotta i i predicted and my final thought was that week one i think i said Ahmed yeah, rosario, rosario will be up pre-all-star break I was wrong. Um, you shouldn't have been. I, yeah, well, that should have been a guarantee. Maybe I should have been right, but I, I wasn't. So he's still down there in Las Vegas. Um, With a jam finger. Yes, jammed his finger, which is just going to complicate things more, delay the process a little bit longer. Not, But who knows? Maybe the Mets, Mets may not even have him planned to come up yet. But I think post-all-star, or post-trade deadline, I'm sorry, uh, the, the veterans got to be gone. There's, I mean, it's to the point where... If we're at, like the clock's ticking down on July 31st and Lucas Duda is still a Met, you gotta take whatever you, anything, any yeah, any, just any be, prospect you can get, do it, get rid of him, make way for Dominic Smith. So the Mets front office, they are my not for the week. But hey, maybe maybe if they had a if they could have a good week this week, trade some of these veterans and bring these guys up. Maybe they'll be uh, on the hot side coming up. But for now, not so much. Well, my not uh, is gonna be just an absolute shot of the guys up in Beantown. We talk New York sports all the time, but how can you not start just trashing the Boston Red Sox a little bit? I mean, even if they're in first place. It's a hobby of most Yankees You you just got to love it. Red Sox, my not this week, Red Sox fans out there, the third base situation. Just, dear God. I mean, look, when they played the Yankees, Brock Holt was there who – for some reason, had had just a long stint with vertigo, yeah, which was which back. is like, like remarkable that it kept him out as long as it did. But utility player at third base, your other who's your forty eight million dollar man and Pablo Sandoval just couldn't lay off the Twinkies. He's just too fat to actually play Major League Baseball. And then you think you got a golden goose. You're going out and getting Todd Frazier, and he ends up in pinstripes. As a New York Yankee, I mean, worst possible scenario. Really, just, there's no, there was no love for the Red Sox, the hot corner. At this point, it's the not corner, just for the situation. I know, horrible pun for you guys out there listening, <laughs> but uh, it's just, it's just a situation where you look at it, and I hate the Boston Red Sox. As do uh, I. People listening, you should all hate the Boston Red Sox being New York fans. I kind of feel bad 
that they're having such a struggle with going out and paying so much money for Pablo Sandoval, but it's also so funny that oh, I, it takes away all of my remorse. Like, it's so funny to know that the guy they went out and they thought was their their ace in the hole at the hot corner was too obese to play the position. He, the One of my favorite things is the gif of him rounding second base and somebody put a piece of cake on second base and he looks back for some reason, I think, to check the throw, but it looks like he looks at the cake and he tumbles. <laughs> and it's just, he is just so... It's so funny. And now I mean, he's, he's a giant. He he's one, he's yeah, gone back, now. Back in San Fran, which is better for him, but he also had one where he... He took a cut. He swung the bat, and his belt popped. Yeah, the belt, the belt, just the belt exploded. It snapped. I mean, to be fair though, like credit the belt. It gave up on Pablo Sandoval before the Red Sox did. Like the belt <laughs> knew before the Boston knew. Red Sox. It was, that was the telling. Like shout, shout out Pablo Sandoval's broken belt. Wherever you are, you did it. You knew before everybody else did. But my not this week, without a doubt, Red Sox hot corner. Yeah, it's a situation that's gotten worse. I mean, you have Sandoval. You paid him all that money, and you paid him to hit in the playoffs because that was his M.O. with the Giants. Is he was a, he was a above-average regular season hitter but just turns on the playoffs in World Series. And Sox went to the playoffs last year. Sandoval was hurt all last year. So his Red Sox career is going to end with zero plate appearances in the playoffs, which is what you paid him all that money You'll for. You'll love to see it. I mean, good for him. He's going to make 48 or so $48 million, dollars million dollars to now go play in the minors for the Giants. And he could call it quits if he wanted and still make all that money. That's and insane. Just one more, just to make, just shed a couple more tears from the Red Sox fans. You also had Travis Shaw, who, who was having breaking. a he borderline is all-star season in Milwaukee, close to 300 with 20-something uh, like, home close runs. Close to 20 home runs. And that you got rid of him to bring in a reliever that has yet to pitch for you because he's been injured. Obviously, you can't predict injuries, but it just makes the matter worse. For the Red Sox, and we always love to make the matters worse yeah. for the Red Sox. That's Nobody likes to make something matters Something we love to better. do over here. Um, and I think just flip side, I'll go with my hot first. Uh, shout out Evan Ingram. You are my hot this week. I did not think when the Giants drafted Evan Ingram, I didn't love the pick. Uh, I'll be completely honest. I didn't think it was a necessity. But he's shown some unbelievable talent. He's Look, he's more of a wide receiver than he is a tight end. Yeah, He's he, a big body, but he's, he's out there to be a skill player. I get it. And Eli Manning's going to be throwing the ball 40, 50 times this year, and I'm okay with it. If Eric Flowers can protect that left side, I'm okay with Eli dropping back in the shotgun and throwing the ball 40, maybe 50 times a year, especially with Ingram. He could be a really good slot tight end because people are forgetting the Giants brought in that tight end from Minnesota. Red Ellis. Yeah, who's going who's gonna to come in and block. And Ingram got a shout-out from a Giant great this week, Mark Bavaro, saying that the kid's got some serious talent. So, you know, if he's going to go out there – Play play for us week in and week out. And he might not be running off the line. That might not be a strong suit. But if you're going to try to press cover him in the nickel, if you're going to try to press cover him in the slot, you can't. He's too big. He's he's, ma- he's got the size of a tight end. He right. really does. That's, but, he's a matchup nightmare. Right. But his skill set is that of wide receiver. He's a very, very good blend of the two. So I'm, I'm very high on him right now. So Evan Ingram, shout out wherever you are. You are my hot. And Sean, why don't you give us yours? All right, my hot, we talked about him a little bit uh, earlier in the show. My hot is Brian Cashman. Uh, I'm sticking with the front office on both ends here. Brian Cashman, great job with the trade with the White Sox. I mentioned it before. Starting pitching was an issue. The solution wasn't really there for Cashman and the Yankees. Would have been a very expensive solution in terms of prospects. So instead, he goes ahead and just makes the bullpen. It was a bit of a weakness, and now it's a really, really good strength. Uh, one of the deeper bullpens in baseball should shorten the game a whole lot. 
Uh, Frazier, also a good bat in the middle of the lineup. And uh, we didn't touch on it before, but what, what he gave up was Tyler Clippard, which he would have been gone regardless. If he's not involved in that deal, he's DFA'd today. Yeah. Because we bring in those. We, we saw Chase and Shreve just got sent down to the minors. And, and he he's been having a, a good, much season. Better year a good season. So Clippard easily would have been gone. So, but you are able to throw him in the deal. That's, that's you, Now you get to Chicago to pay his salary for the rest of the year instead of having to cut him and pay him uh, ourselves. And you give up Blake Rutherford. I'm a big fan of Blake Rutherford. So am I. But... Uh, top 30 prospect in baseball. But the, we're, we got a uh, log jam in the outfield. I was going to say, with, where would, like, look at, really? Your, your corners should be set for about 10 years with Judge and Frazier. Frazier. And you have Ellsbury, unfortunately, under contract for a while in center. Four Aaron, more years. Aaron Hicks looked like he could be a potential center fielder. If Dustin Fowler gets healthy, he could be your center fielder. So you didn't need Rutherford. I think what you got is worth it. And you really got, and you got, I think enough that enough collateral for yeah. Giving oh, up. it's enough to warrant giving up a uh, prospect like that. And Frazier and Gleyber Torres are still with, with the organization, and all of your top Huge. pitching prospects are with the organization. You Huge. got rid of Ian Clarkin, who's a good pitcher, but he was playing. He was still in high A ball. Uh, he was in Aaron Judge's draft class, also in the first round with him. But, it's, again, he was a good pitching prospect, and he'll probably be – he's up uh, – I think he's around, like, 18 in the White Sox list. But the Yankees had plenty of pitching prospects ahead of him, so that it's not a bad loss there. And I was a fan of Tito Polo. He's a good outfielder. But we got him in the deal for Yvonne Nova, which at the time, the return for Nova was like, ah, oh, it's just a couple of prospects. We'll see what happens. So you turn one of them into this package. Uh, so I think it's big win for Cashman on that front. He also has said he's going to continue to monitor the trade market, as I'm sure all general managers always do. Uh, so maybe more coming, maybe a first baseman, maybe a starter. But if this is it for the trade deadline from the New York Yankees, good stuff. Big win, great job, Brian Cashman. You're on fire. All right, there you go. And now we're going to go with our go away. Please go away. Please come back. Um, this week, I get the chance to give my comeback. Because last week I went on my little Tyler Clippard rant, and thank God he actually and it went away. Brian it went away. Listened to the he show. listened into Empire Rights Back. I get it, Brian Cashman. You like our expertise on these things. Hopefully, you heard my praise for him this week. Yeah. So shout out. We hope you. We hope you're listening in. But my comeback is for you Mets fans out there. Please come back, 2015. The World Series, like the the Mets, have been so bad this year, and they should have been so much better but injuries have really plagued them and I feel I really do feel for you Mets fans I do I'm not trying to dig at you and say please come back 2015 because those were the good times they were the good times and for new for as a New York sports fan in general the, completely taking out the fact whether I'm a Yankees fan or a Mets fan as a New York sports fan in general you love to see a New York sports team go to the championship in their respective sport it, I don't care if I'm a Yankee fan or a Met fan, seeing the Mets in the World Series, I watched and I rooted for them. Unfortunately, they didn't win, but it was exciting to know that New York baseball was going to be so good for a lot of years to come, it seems. Because that, yeah, that rotation was supposed to just bolster yeah. the, the team for a years, long time. Years, a long, long time. And, still May, but... and then Cesp- And then Cespedes came and decided to stay after that when they thought he was going to yeah, be a that rental. Was, that, was that, that was when it kind of all struck in everybody's mind that this Mets team was going to be good for a long time. And just things happen where it doesn't work out like that. So my comeback is 2015 because I would love to see what this Mets team, the old, like the 2015 Mets team that went to the World Series looked like. Well, this Yankees team, if it were to get hot again, 
what New York baseball would be doing to Major League Baseball because I'm sure it would have people going absolutely nuts thinking that the the Yankees and the Mets were two of the top teams in baseball because it people don't like New York sports. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They hate it. On our back. So the hate it builds, and I love I love being hated as a New York fan. So bring back 2015 for the New York Mets because let the hate thrive here in New York. Yeah, I think I think New York all New York fans uh, would be totally down for a Subway Series World Series. Yes, like back I would love it. I would love that. It'd be exciting for baseball, and obviously New York would be buzzing. Uh, my go away, I get the go away this week. Last week, I told Mariano Rivera to come back. He didn't come back, but we did get some bullpen uh, reinforcements as the Yankees. So, but so this week my go away, I'm gonna say go away, Carmelo Anthony, and this isn't really directed towards Carmelo. It's directed towards the Knicks front office. Uh, Scott Perry is the new general manager, and you have Steve Mills got his promotion. Um, Carmelo, I think you're, he's a great player, and I've t- I've touched on how I think he's underappreciated in New York. But it's just it's we said it's time to go, and the front office needs to do the same and tell him to go away, uh, move him. If it's the Rockets, if it's the Cavs, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are saying that he's now interested. That Melo's interested in coming to the Trailblazers. I don't think that's going to happen. But regardless of where he goes, he needs to get out of New York. Mm-hmm. So Carmelo, if you're listening, if you're sitting next to Brian Cashman listening to our podcast, of course. I'm not yelling. I'm not telling you. This isn't against you to go away. I think you agree. You, you definitely agree. He said he want. He's frustrated. He, he doesn't to want to go. play with the Knicks. He was frustrated that the trade talks with the Rockets uh, broke off, but he's confident that he's going to get a deal done. He'll be gone. He doesn't want to play for New York, and I don't blame him. Uh, it's know. a team in transition. It's a young team with centered around international guys, uh, for better or for worse, and he he's in the he's on the back end of his career. He's on the back nine. He's looking for a championship, and it's not going to come with the Knicks. So no. I go away, uh, enjoy wherever you go. But happy trails. Yes, happy trails. Uh, go away and uh, enjoy yourself. Hopefully hopefully you have a, a good career wherever you go, and uh, come back to New York and show off your championship ring maybe. That's right, and now we're going to end things like we always do with our final thoughts. Sean, I'll kick things off this week just because I, I have it ready. I'm excited to say it. My final thought is thinking way in advance. But we're going to look back when it, when it happens. I'm very confident. Eli Manning loves his tight ends. Evan Ingram is apparently the guy right now, and he's a big body matchup nightmare. Evan Ingram leads the league in touchdowns, touchdown receptions. Wow. That's, it's a bold move. It's, e- a bold... E- it's going to happen. Eli Manning loves his tight ends. Eli Manning has always been a guy to throw to his tight ends in the red zone. And, you know, Odell, as good as he is – his red zone presence isn't that great because of his size. Yeah, yes, no, his jump and the attention's in. All the covers going right. that way. You put and you try to put uh, like a nickel corner over the top of Ingram and inside the red zone, lose that battle nine times out of ten. You just got to put the ball in his hands. So I'm saying, Evan Ingram, shout you out again. You're going to lead the league in touchdowns this year. And uh, uh, when it happens, I'll you can give me a phone call and say thank you for having faith. You can come on the show. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll interview, we'll interview you. We'll yeah. willingly winner. We'll willingly interview you. I we're a very hot commodity now, but we'll willingly interview. Yeah, you. we'll give you. We'll interview you about uh, your season. Uh, yeah, I mean he's he's too quick for linebackers to cover and too big for DBs to cover. So matchup nightmare. Yeah, matchup nightmare. And look at Eli. Eli made make Kevin Boss and Jake Ballard. And exactly. Barry he Pascal made like studs, he so. made Jake Ballard into the guy he was before he went to the Pats and decided to smoke pot. Yeah, so he's. So, 
Uh, yeah, so he Eli can turn less talented tight ends into put up decent numbers. So he should he should have fun with Ingram. I think the offense, uh, Giants offense, should be exciting to watch this year. Uh, my final thought, I think of most of our show so far has been baseball. I want to stick with it. Uh, I'm gonna say next in the next week. We'll say until the it's before the trade deadline. So we got about ten days. Aaron Judge gets hot and hits at least three dingers. Uh, and gets back like on track. That. And sticking with the Yankees, I think I think Cashman's got one more trade in him. I don't know what it's going to be. I, I find it hard to believe that he's going to pull up the big the big starter like the Sonny Gray or the Garrett Cole. But I think maybe maybe a mid rotation guy just eat up innings because you could have you could have like a plug and play starter. Yeah, cause, yeah, right. Because you could have stuck with what you had until Pinedo went down with Tommy John. Right. Because now you actually have a hole. In there, because like, it's Sessa hasn't been great. Mitchell, it's you're you're throwing in prospects, which right. could work. It could probably it'll get you, maybe get you to the playoffs in a wild card spot. But if you want to win this division, I think you need a little bit more from that last starter. So maybe he gets a starter. Maybe it's a rental first baseman. Maybe maybe it's Duda still. Who knows? Um, but I think Judge gets hot, and the Yankees add one more piece. All right. Well, those were our final thoughts, folks. Let us know what you think. Please feel free to interact. Come at us on social media. Comment below. We don't care. We love to hear what you have to say. Once again, I'm John Franklin, co-side expert with Sean Dyer. And don't forget to follow Empire Rights Back on everything. We are on Facebook. Just search us, Empire Rights Back. We put out our articles every day on Facebook. Be sure to give us some clicks. Twitter, at Empire Rights Back. Spell it, B-C-K. And, yo, we're also on uh, any sort of social media, the Twittergram or whatever you call it. Sean, he's at Sean R. Dyer. On Twitter, and I am at Hey It's Franklin Six on Twitter, folks. That's gonna do it for us here. Let's put this one in the books. <laughs> <laughs>